Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end, it's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end, it's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Hello, America. I'm back, back in the D.C. swamp with so much to report on. But I got to tell you, last week, reporting from Utah, being able to come to you from Warrior Risen, which is an incredible foundation that uh, members of our family just started. My husband's daughter, Erica Schlichty, she's amazing. I love you, Erica. You are incredible. And uh, John and Barbara Schlichty, her in-laws who are great friends and just amazing family. This is, it was a really incredible experience. Marty and I and the kids, we were like the, I guess the first test subjects of the ranch. It's a dude ranch for wounded warriors, veterans, gold star families, a place to reconnect and find a way to build and move forward. And this is just so incredible. It's such an incredible idea because one of the aspects of of the ranch is to have um, like a partnership with somebody from your area. So what would happen is a veteran's family would partner with a business owner and their family from their local community, and they would experience the dude ranch together, find a way to work together, talk about, you know, ways um, to move forward, the economy, maybe building a business, how to do things. I mean, they would share their experiences with one another. And I think that's so important. It's so important for people to have partnerships and connect. And while I was there, I was seeing what was happening across the country, especially in our big cities and here in Washington, D.C., and just the anger and the divisiveness and the fighting. Um, it is so disheartening when you see that. But then when you're in the country, you know, you're in Utah, you're in Wyoming or you're in the Midwest uh, where even here in Virginia, there are so many good people and there are so many people willing to work together and they're wondering what is going on here. Why is this all we are seeing on the news? Why is the news paying so much attention to people that are violent and divisive and dangerous and who want to tear down our cities look it's okay to protest it's okay to feel upset especially about what happened to george floyd but it is not okay it is not okay to tear up your country in the process and it is not okay for democratic leaders to allow that to take place in beautiful cities like seattle in san francisco in los angeles in washington dc in New York City, 
That is not okay. It is not like a free-for-all because we are all taxpayers, right? These are all our cities. These are American cities. It should not be happening. And President Donald Trump, you know, he's doing the right thing. He says he's a president of law and order, and I believe that. I mean, there is something has to be done. This is getting so far out of control and I just wanted to say my piece because when, I, when I'm in Utah, when I'm in other places and I'm traveling and I'm talking to Americans, they're so tired of it. So many of us just want to turn off the news, just don't even want to listen to it anymore. You know, they're like, what is going on? It's not happening here in my town. We're not letting it happen. In fact, I talked to somebody from Montana and they were telling me in Kalispell last weekend, there were some kids that got up there. They came up there from... I think the Seattle area is what they said. And they came up to Kalispell and they were planning on starting the same kind of situation, protests, rioting um, in Kalispell. And they were passing out flyers to people, to folks. I'm not going to mention who the person was that I spoke to because they live out there. But apparently a lot of the dads and a lot of the folks that were out there, you know, they were like, well, you're not going to do that in our town. Don't even think about it. And, you know, when some of these younger people felt like, well, you know, we're, you know, are you threatening me? And they're saying, no, you're just not going to take down our businesses. We're just not going to let you do that. They went and complained to the sheriff, apparently a Kalispell. Now, remember, this is all just firsthand from somebody that lives there. Haven't had a chance to talk to the sheriff yet, but I thought it was a good story. I wanted to share it with you. Um, The sheriff said, well, you better listen to what the people want. If they don't want you here protesting or tearing down statues and you think something bad's going to happen, then I would suggest don't do it. Just don't come into Kalispell to do that. Right? Don't come from outside, inside our city, our town to destroy it. You know, nobody out there that I've talked to, nobody out there said anything, anything remotely bad uh, I mean, about George Floyd or anything, There's they, they were saying, is there systemic racism? Because I thought what happened to George Floyd was horrible. I thought what happened to him in that situation was terrible. It should have never happened. Whether they were white, whether they were African-American, whether they were Chinese, it didn't matter. There wasn't one person that I spoke to that felt that way. So I just, I thought I'd talk about that for a second and then I'm going to move on because I have an incredible guest with us today. I'm so excited. She's a good friend. She's also somebody that I think has stood up for justice in America. She will go into the annals of history as a true fighter, one of the best defense attorneys in the United States of America. That is for sure, bar none. It's going to be Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell did everything in her power to bring justice to Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, an amazing American, an amazing patriot who was bad-mouthed in the media, bad-mouthed, I mean, not just in the United States, folks, but across the pond in Great Britain and in other parts of the world. Here's a man who's given his life to his country, served more than 30 years in the United States military, was the Defense Intelligence Agency's director under President Obama. He himself was a Democrat, but he would not put up, he would not sell out to President Obama or anybody else for the truth. He always believed in the truth. I want you to hear a statement that he's he just made. Actually, he called into the Rush Limbaugh show. I love Rush. I love Rush. He is a hero. Really, what he's done out there for radio and for the conservative movement is incredible. I mean, he's really an icon. I want you to hear 
what Lieutenant General Michael Flynn told Rush Limbaugh on his show last week about Sidney Powell. you got to hear this. Uh, Miss Sidney Powell, who's been my terrific lawyer, she is, she is the American guardian of justice. That's what, that's what she is. And she is, a, she is somebody who you want in your corner, boy, when you're in, a, when you're in the middle of a knife fight, which I have been in. So, uh, like well, I you know, call, that's right. I call you... her American guardian of justice. You both prove that these people can be engaged and defeated. You both prove that pushing back on them can succeed. Great, yeah, it sure can. Great you got to find the right weaknesses, and you know we finally did. And then that part of that was just the the weakness was to shine light on truth. That's really what it came down to. Shine the light on truth, and that's what it does come down to. I'm going to tell you something personal. So, I have always believe from the moment I started my career, you know, I was the objective journalist. I went out there, I covered, uh, you know, national security issues, U.S. immigration issues, uh, the war in Afghanistan and Pakistan. I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. I covered everything I could as best and as objectively as I could, getting everybody's side of the story, putting it out there, laying it out. And then sometimes, of course, stories were just just moved in a certain direction. There was always an idea of justice or some type of um, evidence that showed that somebody had been wronged, especially when you're being a voice for the voiceless. After I did the stories on Russia and I covered the entire Russia hoax for the last three and a half years and it were, there were ups and downs and people that came after me and said, you know, in the very beginning that I was wrong, that none of this was true, even when I was covering General Flynn, that they came after Flynn. And now some of those same people out there are pretending that they'd always been on the same team. They weren't. They weren't. There are people out there that, you know, did not believe in the beginning. They just didn't. I don't blame them. I mean, they didn't know what I knew. They didn't have the same sources I had or others had. But I got to a point in my career after that where I've become more of an advocate. I've been very outspoken. I support President Donald Trump. You know, I couldn't handle it anymore. So I guess you could say I'm more of an opinionist, right? Um, and a columnist, investigator. That's what I do. Um, I'm not this. I've, I've morphed. My career has morphed. It's changed. And I got to tell you what happened to Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, who I remember from way back when he was the J-2 at the Pentagon, you know, head of intelligence at the Pentagon, even before he went to Afghanistan as the head of intelligence. I thought it was just the most disgusting thing I had ever seen in my life, how they treated Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, how they treated his family, the lies. Imagine having your life smeared like that not only smeared publicly you know it's a lie the worst thing they could possibly call you when you are in the military when you're when you're a senior official is a traitor a traitor to your enemy russia and that's what they do that's what they're doing now again to president trump with this whole story about russia and the taliban and all that bs because that's what it is guys it's total bs they take some intelligence that hasn't even been totally proven. They twist it up. They feed it to the New York Times. And the New York Times spits it out like it's God-given truth. Remember what happened three and a half years ago? It was all a bunch of lies. It was BS. And by the way, they won a Pulitzer for it. They won a Pulitzer for BS. So I don't even feel bad. At least I come out and I tell people how I feel now. I'm not hiding it. 
I'm not hiding it because I know what they did to President Donald Trump. I know what they did to Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. I know how they destroyed people's lives. I know how these same type of swamp dwellers, these same liars, these same rhinos, like the Lincoln Project rhinos, who, you know, who pretend to be Republicans, but who are just establishment that don't want an outsider shaking up their world because they want it the same way. And these same Democrats and these same liars liars, full-fledged liars that succubus onto power, that think you work for them and that they don't work for you. That's who they are. And they destroyed people's lives. And they don't care. But someone like Sidney Powell, she comes back and she fights, boy. She fights fierce. She doesn't stop. She doesn't stop. She is like... A sword in their side, right? Because she's not going to stop. She's just going to keep going at it. And that's what we've got to do as Americans, folks. We are at the precipice of something very important in history. Look at what is happening to our children. Look at what is happening in our streets. There's an election coming up in November. And there are only two choices here. Do you believe in the America, the American dream, the one that we were all taught that everybody has an opportunity, that if you work hard enough, you can do anything? Or do you believe in that other America, the Marxist, fake America, that tells you that, oh, you're a victim, you can't do anything, you can't be anything. We've got to take control. We have to babysit you. We have to babysit you, America. And then we can make the rules and decide for you, like, how we want to take care of things. Do you really want that? Because that's really the choice right there. Between Biden, who will basically be a puppet for the bureaucracy and shadow people that will be running him, because we've seen it. He can't remember a lot. There's something going on there. I don't want to be a judge of that. I'm not a doctor, but I mean, if he was my grandfather, I would be questioning if there was something going on there. Or President Donald Trump. Those are the two choices. That's it. What do you want? And how do you want it? We also have Jenna Ellis on today, and she has some big breaking news, too. And remember, she is President Trump's constitutional lawyer, and she is his personal attorney, and she works with the Trump campaign. And boy, they're suing again. They're suing again over, by the way, let's be frank, about these mail-out ballots, right, that the Democrats want. And she's going to be breaking news here. She's going to be talking about Pennsylvania and a new lawsuit that's out there to fight this. We do not want ballot harvesting. We do not want ballots just being sent out to inactive voters. We don't want people fiddling with ballots. Look, if you want an absentee ballot, you can request it. And she'll explain the difference between absentee ballots and ballot harvesting. And also just randomly sending out ballots to everybody across in America, hoping maybe that nobody's going to do anything bad. But by the way, Chairman Nadler actually talked about that in the past, about how dangerous this situation is and how, I mean, basically, basically voter integrity is gone. So let's just, let's just take a step back. Let's see what's going on here. And the real reason why the Democrats are so desperate to get those ballots mailed out to you. It's not about COVID-19. It's not about stopping it because there was a giant protest. Remember in Brooklyn, Chicago, we've got we've got the Brooklyn uh, George Floyd protest, the LGBTQ protests and uh, rallies and everybody was out there. So if they can all be out, you know, protesting and rallying, then they can go to an election site 
and vote. We can do that. We can actually do that with our masks, six feet apart, go in, vote, go out. It's just, it's that simple. Okay, so without further ado, I am bringing on Sydney Powell. I am so grateful to have her on the show today, and I know you are too. And we're going to ask her about something very interesting, something that just happened on Twitter, Big Tech. And are they shadow banning Sydney Powell? Sydney, I am so grateful to have you on the Sarah Carter Show. And I just want to say this, the American Guardian of Justice. There could not be a greater compliment coming from Lieutenant General Michael Flynn because I think he is an amazing man, an amazing patriot. I've known him for such a long time, and I've seen him out in the battlefield even when I've been in Afghanistan. So your fight for him, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you because I believe it's a fight for all Americans. Thank you, Sarah. We have felt that way, too. This case is so important to the rule of law. And General Flynn appreciates your support throughout all of it and that of your listeners and audience. It's just been enormously uplifting to receive all the prayers and notes and encouragement and contributions to the Mike Flynn Defense Fund, everything. People all across the country have helped in every conceivable way, and we have felt their prayers. You know, it's really interesting. Before I get into anything else, you brought up something really important. So many people have reached out because a lot of what people don't understand is that Lieutenant General Flynn has been, he and his family really have been fighting for years now. Their finances were depleted. They had to sell a home. They, uh, special counsel, uh, Robert Mueller, the former special counsel, and Andrew Weissman and them threatened his family. I mean, so much that you have done to expose the truth here. And that's very important that the American people started to see what happened. And they said, whoa, wait a minute. Here, let me help out. Let's fight together. Yes, they really have joined the fight. And it's so important because if they can do this to General Flynn, they can and have done it to many other people as well. In fact, I just learned recently that the National Registry of Exonerations, which maintains a database of anybody they're aware of that's been completely exonerated but was accused, over 20% of that database was people who had entered pleas of guilty but then were completely exonerated. The, the whole machination for, uh, quote, criminal justice is such a, a grinding machine that it destroys people. In fact, Harvey Silverglate and I have written a new book called Conviction Machine that includes some stories from the Flynn saga in it as the gr most egregious examples of government and prosecutorial misconduct we've witnesses, we've witnessed, and then we propose some solutions for them also. That's incredible, Sydney, because you really have been a fighter for justice long before. I mean, you fought Andrew Weissman. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, that was a that was a huge case for you, and your book was huge. It still is. Yes, License to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. I self-published in 2014 after years of dealing with and seeing the prosecutorial misconduct that arose from the Enron Task Force, of which Mr. Weissman was the head for a number of years and just destroyed the lives of innocent people in Houston. And I wrote about it in License to Lie, trying to wake up the public to what I saw that was going on, people literally using the law as a weapon to achieve social and political objectives or just to destroy people for their own agenda and self-aggrandizement. I mean, I don't really know even 
what motivated the conduct of the Enron task force prosecutors, but it was hideous and it was contrary to everything I was taught as an assistant U.S. attorney myself for 10 years in three different districts under nine U.S. attorneys from both political parties, not a one of which would have put up with the conduct I saw from those prosecutors for two seconds. And then we saw that same type of conduct, that same malfeasance in, uh, you know, with Andrew Weissman during the special counsel's investigation. I mean, it didn't stop. It didn't stop with Enron. It went on, right? It's, it's, it's like what we're seeing in the streets right now. If you don't stop it with the first brick thrown or the first whatever, it's going to do nothing but get worse. So all of this has to be brought to a stop right now. I mean, I tried so long and so hard to get the word out, but it wasn't until he came on the Mueller task force and started targeting people like General Flynn. And then I came into that case that people could really see what was happening on a national level. You've you fought so long and hard and the evidence that you've been able to gather this exculpatory evidence that was withheld from Flynn's defense and he had a bad defense to begin with until he you know until he got you and dumped his first can't you know the first defense team he had but is so egregious sydney that when people look at these peter struck you know text messages handwritten notes uh what the fbi did in their investigation to basically set up and target Mike Flynn, when he was the national security advisor for President Trump, what they did is so crazy that I always say this wasn't their first rodeo. This, what they have done to President Trump and Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, both the FBI and the DOJ, they must have been doing this all along because they thought they could get away with it. They've done it to more than one person. There's no doubt about that. They tried doing it to Senator Ted Stevens, and that was under the Bush Department of Justice. I mean, I consider myself an equal opportunity offender, licensed to lie, crosses the Bush and Obama administrations. And because nobody's ever done anything to rein it in until Bill Barr, I think, is now starting to try, it's only gotten worse. And it's Do you been think there's going to be justice? It's been you, getting worse and worse over 20 years. Do you think there's going to be justice here, Sydney? I mean, there has been justice for Mike Flynn. I believe that. It's well, going to come. Well, not quite yet. The case isn't over yet. So what do you think is going to happen? What can what can Sullivan do? What can they do to fight back? Yes, um, I really don't know. This is uncharted water. I've I've never seen a case in which a respondent was allowed to seek rehearing on his own because the judge is not supposed to have a dog in the fight. So I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is he hasn't entered the order yet that he was ordered by mandamus, which is an extraordinary writ. It's a direct order to the court from the Court of Appeals to sign the order of dismissal. They did not remove him from the case, which gave him a chance to save face, but he hasn't taken that opportunity. So I have no idea, but we're right now we're just waiting for that order to be signed or for the Court of Appeals or the government to take further action. Is this political, Sydney? I mean, has this gone beyond just the normal rule of law? Do you believe this is a fight for the future of this country? Because I feel like there is a war brewing in our courtrooms, in our bureaucracy, not just on the streets, what we're seeing on the streets, but within our own government. I feel like there is a battle that is bigger than we have ever imagined. 
There is, Sarah. There is a complete battle as to whether we're going to be the constitutional republic we were meant to be or descend into the chaos of mob rule and anarchy and destruction. Uh, Those are the basic choices. And you believe the government is people within the government, people within the government, because I'm not going to say everyone because we know that's not true. But people within the government have targeted this president and this administration and are fighting back tooth and nail along with those former officials like John Brennan, uh, James Clapper, James Comey, Andrew McCabe. Are, they have their people still inside their agencies. Do you believe that they are fighting this president and your client, Michael Flynn, still to this day? And Attorney General Barr. Yes, I do, without a doubt. I mean, they call themselves the resistance. It's the first time in our nation's history since the founding that we've had anything like that go on. As far as I know, other side, both sides have eventually cooperated, accepted the result of an election, and, and gone about to work with the other side as best they can. Nothing like this has happened, certainly, in my lifetime. No, and it hasn't happened in mine, and it's really, uh, it's a very frightening situation because it seems so different. It reminds me so much of other countries I've traveled to, you know, not the United States of America, where we do have that peaceful turnover and people accept the election and then they move on. We're not seeing that. Go ahead. What it shows us is how entrenched the corruption and financial benefits were for those in power before President Trump came along. He is trying to disrupt all of that and restore confidence and uh, the economy and jobs for the American people that he was elected to represent. And those people all right now need to stand up and demand that he restore law and order in the areas in which it is gone now. We've seen long enough the, the rioters and the protesters and the Democratic mayors and cities fail. The president needs to step up now and do something about that, make it stop, because the American people are counting on him to stand up for them. That's what he's always done best. He has given voice to things that every American thought but didn't have the courage or the ability to voice to the public forum. And it's so important that he step up and do that again now. The American people really want and need him to be a strong leader by more than tweeting right Right. now. Right. I agree with you 100%. And I wanted to even expand on that. You said he's the disruptor. I believe the American people, you are the disruptors. You are the disruptors that voted him into office because you weren't happy with the establishment and what they were doing and the games that they were playing with all of us. And that's what they continue to do. I think they're so angry, Sydney, because people like you have exposed them, have exposed their innermost secrets, their text messages, their emails and how they operate. And they are just losing their minds. And John Durham right now and William Barr, they, along with you, are the only two right now, this Justice Department, that's it. The buck is going to stop at the Justice Department, is the only place that they can hold these people accountable. Do you agree with me? Yes, I do. I mean, people elected President Trump because he represented the American values they want to see restored in this country that we were founded on, that we all know and love, and we welcome anyone here that wants to be an American. 
And that means accepting our values, accepting the American culture that we have created, whether it's baseball or apple pie. And, and <laughs> you know, it's just, it's part well, of- But it's like baseball, part. apple pie, the American flag, the yes. national anthem, the- um, What would they change right now? I have a great story here where they want to change our national anthem to, you know, John Lennon's, you know, song. I mean, this is this is insanity. It is it's, insanity. And people have got to be taught again. Children must be taught again to respect authority and property. Well, how do we do that, Sydney? Because right now I want to bring up something that's important before I have to let you go. And I, I know I've got like maybe five or six more minutes with you. But I want to bring up something important here. Twitter, Google. The big tech, Silicon Valley, they are at Facebook are constantly controlling and monitoring conservatives. I never see this on the left, not the same way. And when I went to your Twitter account today, we were on your Twitter account. It was a big warning sign. Uh, Jenny contacted me, Jenny Tear. She's like, did you see this? Did you see what's on Sydney's uh, Twitter account? It was a big warning sign, like warning people about you and your content so that it that it would literally scare people to click on your Twitter account. Wow. That, that's it's just crazy. What do you have to say about that? I knew nothing about it. I, I woke up to that this morning. I think I've gotten that resolved now. I actually went on a Twitter rampage yesterday to stand up for America, to stand up for honesty, for respect, for decency, to protect our statues and our culture to protect our freedoms, individual property rights, you know, everything that America was built on. And that's what comes of it. We also destroyed the New York Times article that came out yesterday that was a bunch of abject lies about our case and how we conducted it. Uh, Molly McCann, my associate, did a brilliant rebuttal of that on Twitter. And of course, I retweeted that. So I don't know. I also tweeted that Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization, which you can see by the video of their founder. It's not right. something I made up. And, and anything, any group that seeks to rule by mob and destroy anything in this country, any property, any statue, anything. I mean, I was raised that you don't touch property that isn't yours, whether it's a a laptop left on a seat in an airport or whatever, you pick it up and you turn it into lost and found, but you do not do anything to harm anyone else's property or public property. And those who do should be severely punished immediately. We've got 100% American respect for other people's property and persons. That's absolutely right, Sydney. There's other ways of handling disputes and disagreements. You know this because you're a lawyer. You take it to the court. You take it to the city council. You go to your elected officials. You say, hey, guess what? I don't like this statue. It offends me. Could we talk about it? Let's have a vote in the community and let's move it to a museum. I don't know. Let's do something with it. Or maybe let's leave it because it's just a part of our history. And that's that. It doesn't mean anything. We're not doing anything. We are just remembering what happened, what brought us here as Americans. Exactly. We can't forget that. And no matter who it is, I don't care if there were a statue out there of, of Lenin or Hitler, we need to know who those people are and what they did and leave those statues alone. They, they're are works of art. They uh, solidify our history and, and visualize our history. People need to know who they are, whether they were good or bad, and how they feel about what those people did and represented. 
but that's why they're there, to remind us all of whatever you want to take from it, but they need to remain untouched because they're not anyone else's property. Right, and then you're going to have, but you know, you have the cancel culture, Sydney. You've got a cancel culture that you're up against. Cancel the cancel culture. That's what needs to be canceled. (laughs) We're going to cancel the cancel culture. That's true. As far as Lieutenant General Flynn's, um, what what happens? What's the next step? What can people do uh, in order to keep the fight going and keep this fight alive? Well, right now, I would just say pray that the District of Columbia Court of Appeals has the wisdom to stand up for the rule of law and let the decision that the panel wrote remain. It's very well analyzed, completely grounded in the law. There's not a single case on the other side that supports doing anything other than dismissing the case against General Flynn on the government's well-documented, substantial motion that can be seen at my website at sydneypowell.com, where we've also put the other pleadings and exhibits. For anyone who's saying anything negative about General Flynn, it's all refuted in the exhibits attached to our motions, and everything is explained there. You know, and before I let you go, last but not least, what can Americans do right now, you think, in order to get their voices heard? I mean, the election's coming up in November. What do Americans need to do to be actively involved? You know, we're involved in COVID right now. A lot of us were afraid there's going to be another lockdown. This has been something you've been tweeting about. But what do we do now? I mean, do you think there, I mean, for most of us, we're wondering what can we do? The election's coming up and most people aren't going out. Most people aren't actively involved. We need to write and call all our elected officials at all levels to stop all the nonsense, whether it's demanding that masks be worn, which don't even work. If they're not an N95 properly fitted mask, they're not going to ban bar germs in or out. And nobody has a right to tell people what to wear like that anyway. It's ridiculous. Um, And we also have to take much more responsibility for our local elections. You know, George Soros has been very active in getting in district attorneys that will subscribe to this lawlessness and mayors and local county officials. He's worked at the local level with a lot of money, especially in the larger cities. And those are the ones where you see the biggest problems, where they're, they're letting people out on bail. They're just processing them through or without bail. Uh, not holding them in custody despite violent acts like the even Molotov cocktails, which right. ought to carry a, an extremely strong penalty because that's arson. Nothing yeah, we saw that be, in New York City. We saw that in New York City. Yeah. Nothing should be allowed to be burned in public, period. That's You talk about a health hazard and a danger to the community. Starting a fire, whether it's in a trash barrel or anything else, out in the middle of a street or sidewalk is extremely dangerous. It, All the nonsense needs to be brought to a screeching halt right now. And I think President Trump is the only person who can do it. And that's what the people want him to do. Well, coming from America's guardian of justice. um, Thank you so much, Sydney, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. I know I'm taking some time from you. You got a lot of work on your hands still. The fight's not over yet, but I really hope it's over soon. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you for all you do. 
Wow, what an incredible interview with Sydney Powell. I tell you, every time I have her on, I feel like I learn something new, and we're all in that fight together. And Hold the fight's on, not over me. because it's yes, on me. You, I, I shouldn't have done what? that. It's looking at me. I'm sorry. We don't want me on camera. Let's get you on camera. Oh, okay. Okay, better. Let's do that. All right. Sorry. Three seconds. Wow, what an incredible interview with uh, Sydney Powell. Every time I have her on, I feel like I get something new and I get geared up for the fight. You know, this is a big fight, America. This is a fight for our nation. And Sydney Powell is fighting for General Michael Flynn, but she is fighting for all of us. And that's not the last person that's fighting. We have a special guest. I told you about her at the beginning of the show. We have Jenna Ellis. She is the personal attorney for uh, President Donald Trump and for the Trump campaign. She is a constitutional lawyer, and I got her on the show today, even though she's running around all over the place. I had her sit still for like six minutes so you can hear what they are doing right now and who they are suing over the Democrats' plan to just mail out the ballot. Jenna, it's so great to have you on the Sarah Carter Show. I know you're busier than heck right now, and you got to be running out soon, but I'm glad I got you. Give me the latest, um, especially on the mail-in uh, ballots and what the Trump campaign is doing about it and where you guys are headed with this. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on today, Sarah. Uh, we just announced that we filed um, another lawsuit uh, to make sure to protect election integrity across America. This one is in the Western District of Pennsylvania, and um, it's challenging unmonitored mail-in voting. So we want to make sure, the big picture here is that we want to make sure that uh, election integrity is preserved. And what the Democrats are doing is they are filing lawsuits all across the country, and they are challenging in court um, all of these safeguards uh, to elections. And they are trying to lie, cheat, and steal their way into the 2020 election by removing safeguards uh, from our ballots. And so this goes to the fundamental heart of why uh, we are a United States government that is run by we the people. We get to select and prefer uh, for ourselves who represents us in government, and we do that through our vote. And so in order for elections to be free and fair, we have to make sure that everyone voting is eligible to vote, that their ballot is counted, and that it's counted fairly and only counted once. And so explain why, explain why, because most Americans don't understand. They think absentee ballots. Why not? Right. And that's exactly what the media would like you to think is that uh, absentee and vote by mail are the same thing. They're not. So absentee is the process by which you or I as a registered voter, if we um, are absent for some reason, like for example, I'm a registered voter in Colorado, but right now I'm working for the campaign. So I'm out here in Washington, DC. I'm going to request my ballot be sent to my current address. It's my ballot. And I have to go through uh, the state process for that. And then I can send it back by mail. That's fine. That is voting absentee. Uh, but what the Democrats are trying to do is push nationwide vote by mail, which is the state sending millions of ballots out to addresses where they're unverified addresses. Inactive under voters, too, right? Dead, dead people. Even. I mean, yeah. so even here in my current apartment, I still get mail for the past three residents. 
So you really are saying that, you know, we're not going to be getting uh, ballots that are just going out into the ether. This also allows for what we call ballot harvesting, which is individuals going and targeting um, like elderly uh, nursing homes and other locations to say, you know what, I'll go and collect your ballot. And then maybe those are altered or uh, not even counted at all and not returned. So there's a chain of custody issue. So there are some states that have implemented uh, vote by mail in a way that, but there are very, very few states. And what the Democrats are trying to do is push this nationwide in a way that removes the safeguards and allows for so much fraud and uh, for people to vote uh, multiple times. And we've even seen in the primaries um, some counties that have had more than 100% of their registered voters vote. Well, how does that happen? You have to wonder. Right. So, how is there more than 100% of people in any county? And by the way, the Democrats have complained about this in the past. We've seen even Chairman Nadler video of him talking about how, you know, these ballots can be harvested and the dangers about that. Now, all of a sudden, it's like it disappeared off the radar. Now, all of a sudden, they want it. Right. Well, and so this is just the Democrats, again, manipulating the rules to their advantage because they know that there is no motivation behind Joe Biden. He's totally irrelevant, frankly, in the election. Nobody is excited for him. Uh, but you see the motivation uh, behind President Trump and they don't want him to win re-election. So they are willing to manipulate uh, the election laws and use COVID-19 as a pretext to say that it's going to be unsafe uh, to go to the polls, which simply is not true. President Trump, through the CARES Act, put additional funding to make sure that polling locations are safe and secure. And for people who want to vote absentee, they absolutely can. That's, um, that is a safe method. And, you know, we want to make sure that if people don't feel comfortable going out into polls, you can send in your ballot by requesting it absentee. All states allow that. So, um, so this is something where we have to be really careful and the Trump campaign is making sure that we are going to challenge the, this manipulated uh, rule that the, the Democrats want to force through before the 2020 election to make sure that our ballot box and the results of the election are free and fair. And that should be a nonpartisan issue, but it's only the Democrats that want to remove protections rather than make sure that every vote is counted and that elections in this country remain free and fair. Jenna, where can our listeners go if they want to learn more about this, they want to be actively involved in the campaign, and they want to understand what their rights are? Where can they go? Absolutely. So the Trump campaign and the RNC has launched a website called protectthevote.com. Go there, learn more about election integrity, why this matters, where we're fighting in litigation. Also, what you can do in your state if you want to be uh, a volunteer. You can also join armyfortrump.com um, and you can volunteer on election day. You can volunteer uh, before election day. We're only four months out from the election. So again, go to protectthevote.com armyfortrump.com. And of course, uh, learn all about election integrity by following our Twitter at Team Trump. And the president also tweets about this. This is something that is really important to him because he understands that the nature of free and fair elections are important to every American citizen, regardless of party and regardless of what candidate you support. We in this country value our access to the franchise of voting and making sure that our elections are secure. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jenna, for being on and just listen to what she has to say, folks, because what she is telling you is so important. There is a difference between absentee voting and this just kind of crazy mail-in ballots. You know, there there is a complete difference here, and she knows what she's talking about. 
please listen to her and uh, go to the website, protectthevote.com, protectthevote.com. Thank you, Jenna. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. Wow. Wow. What a show today. I mean, I feel like as Americans, we're all in this fight together. This is so historic, people. You and I are part of history. We can't just sit back. I mean, everything hinges on this election in November, right? Are we going to be played? Are we going to stand up and fight for what we believe in? Do not sit on your couches. Do not just watch TV. Do not let this slide by. I am telling you, I am telling you that we are at the precipice of history. You can hear it. You can feel it here in Washington. There is a reason why. There is a reason why the swamp creatures are fighting so fervently against President Donald Trump. There is a reason why they're willing to put in Joe Biden, who can't even remember where he was at half the time. There is a reason why they are doing this, folks. You are the American people. You are the disruptors. It is your choice. Remember, they work for you. You don't work for them. They work for you. And Jenna Ellis is right. She is right when you think about what she's talking about and the reason why they right now, the Trump campaign and the RNC together are fighting and filing these lawsuits, right, against mail-in ballot. Now, I want you to go to Protect the Vote. That is protectthevote.com. Go to protectthevote.com. I also want to talk to you about something very important, and it's very important for, for all of us. It's big tech, big tech industry, and what, and you know, the restrictions and the censorship and what the Trump campaign is doing. Now, you can throw that all away. Anybody who votes for Biden is throwing this all away. You're basically voting for Marxists and you're baiting, you're voting for the establishment. I'm just going to say it right now because there's no way for me to be objective here. There's no way for me to be. You have two choices. You have your Trump, you got Biden. That's it. And you could throw it all away by voting for Biden. That's just my personal belief. But regardless of who you want to vote for, if you are not involved in our political system, if you don't stand up and you do something about it, If you don't stand up and do something about it, there will be no one to blame but yourself. So just you got to think about that. We are all a part of this system and they work for you. I want to go to something really quick. And that is the big tech and censorship, which we've been dealing with. Look, Sydney Powell's dealt with it. I've dealt with it. We've seen it. We've seen it even on our website. Jenny and I had a story once that they were trying to ding and it had nothing to do with politics. It had to do with anti-Semitism. It's crazy. They threaten to withhold your advertising dollars. That's how you make money when you're independent, small business like me. You make it off of advertising dollars on your site, on your website. And when they threaten to withhold those advertising dollars, it's pretty scary because you're not going to make money. You're not going to be able to pay your workers. You're not going to be able to continue to run your business. And that's how they do it. Well, right now, you know, President Trump and the rest of them, if they want to act like they're these open free markets, but they want to behave like publishers and they want to restrict and edit and do all that they do, right, then they will be treated as such. And that would be Section 230. They'll remove it from them. They won't be able to. And this is, and I'm going to go here so I can read it to you, so I can explain and you can understand. Um, 
They want to either remove the Trump administration or change Section 230 of the 1996 Communications Decency Act, which generally exempts platforms from responsibility for what their users post and allows them to moderate the content of their sites as they wish. Okay, you want to moderate your content? Let's remove your Section 230. So now people can sue you. Go ahead. You don't want to be an open platform. You want to restrict me. You want to restrict everybody. Because, by the way, they're restricting conservatives. They are not really restricting Democrats. And they're not really restricting liberals. You know, just conservatives and conservative ideology. We saw that with Sidney Powell. And that's what we saw. That's why a lot of people are going to Parler. It's another platform. It allows you to get on there. You know, Parler's asking right now for liberals to join. They're saying, look, we're not going to restrict your speech. We're not going to restrict you. You see my daughter's back there? She's hiding here. So she came in while I was talking. Say hi, Annalise. Uh, <laughs> hey, Annalise. There she is. This is what, <laughs> this is is. what happens <laughs> when you have to work from home. I'm kind of glad and because this has, been a, this has been a very heavy show today. So I think she's come yeah. in right at the perfect time. <laughs> so it ended perfectly well. Go. Look, America... I am so grateful to have the opportunity to be able to speak to you because it's all about our children and this was totally unplanned, but it is all about our children and it's about, yeah, that's okay. It's supposed to flash. It is all about our children. It is all about our futures and we want to protect them and protect our country. America, don't forget, you can follow me at... Sarah Carter DC on Twitter. You can read all of our stories at sarahacarter.com. And remember, we are taking the story back. Love you and God bless. Bye, Annalise. Metro has the best deal in wireless with affordable 5G phones so you can rule your day. Right now, switch to Metro and get the latest 5G phones like a Samsung Galaxy for less than 100 bucks. That's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. Limited time offer. Requires support from eligible carrier, ID validation, and auto pay. Two per account. Coverage not available in some areas. Restrictions apply. See store or metrobytmobile.com for more details. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360-degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving.